Thank you, Pastor Francis. And uh, hello, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well and enjoying your uh, your, your Sunday. And just hope that uh, you continue to uh, just be reminded of God's grace every day. Uh, as Pastor Francis was saying, uh, we, you know, we've been you know, meeting with Branch. I've had the pleasure and the privilege of uh, being part of Branch ministry and just serving with our different teachers and serving with uh, just, just kind of just having a good time, you know, and just learning about the Lord together uh, with our branch students. And so today we wanted to highlight branch ministry and uh, I'll be sharing a message. And after after the message is over, uh, right after the message, I should be doing just a little intro, I guess, a little sharing a little bit about the ministry itself as well. And just introducing who our teachers are. But I was thinking about, you know, what to preach about, you know, with branch. And then I was reminded that, uh, the name of our, our church's youth ministry is is called Branch. Uh, I asked how that name came to be. I've been told uh, Christian is the one. Uh, he's no longer, I guess, part of Branch, but he's the one that kind of came up with the design and I guess maybe even name, uh, I guess, of the ministry. And as I was thinking about that, I said, you know, why don't why don't we actually think about what that even means? Uh, what, what does it mean to be Branch? And Obviously, that will lead us to John chapter 15, uh, and where Jesus says, I am the divine, you are the branches. And so I just wanted to think about that a little bit and what that means. And uh, hopefully that'll be an encouragement for, for all of us as we think about who Christ is in our lives and how we can continue to grow in him, continue to really depend on him, whether we're, we're older or whether we're younger, like obviously our, our branch students. And so as, as we think about this passage, I hope... Um, We'll just really worship the Lord and really trust in Him more and just really uh, seek to follow Him and to grow in His grace. But before we get into the passage, let me just say a quick prayer for us and, uh, and we'll go from there. Let me pray for us. Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for just your love and your goodness. Uh, Lord, we, we sang songs of praise to, to you today and yeah, just reminded of how you know our name, how you love us, how you know us how you cherish us, how you bless us. And Lord, we pray that as we know more and more of you, we will continue just to cherish you, to love you, to serve you. Uh, and Lord, we pray today that as we are in the scriptures, that you will open up the scriptures to us and that you will just encourage us, rebuke us, convict us, move in our hearts and help us to see how, how truly good you are and help us to truly respond with honor, uh, with worship onto you. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we as we continue again uh, in in John John fifteen, uh, we we see Jesus and he has you know one of his I am statements. So he has seven of them, and some of them might be familiar to you, like I am the bread of life, you know, I am the good shepherd, right? Um, I am the light of the world, and so he has these different I am statements. Uh, this is the seventh one out of seven, and. Uh, every single one of these I am statements are, are powerful. They, they share with us, you know, what Jesus shares with us through those I am statements, a little bit more of who he is. Uh, he makes, you know, obviously messianic claims very clear and he states who he is and he, he, he holds out a promise for us, for all of those who truly believe in him. And in this passage, um, he says, I am the true vine. Right? He says, and my father is a vine dresser. Uh, and then he says a little bit later, obviously, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, I am the true vine. Now, that's a very just a important, uh, very uh, meaningful statement, because when we look at the Old Testament, 
we, we see this imagery of the vine and, and it's a symbol for Israel. So Israel is looked upon as divine, right? The people of God is their divine. But in the Old Testament, whenever we see that picture, generally whether it's a vine or a vineyard, whether it's a picture of Israel, we see that Israel is not bearing fruit. The people of God should be bearing fruit, but they are not bearing fruit. And so the imagery of the vine, the vineyard is given to show who Israel is, but also it's given in a sense to show that the people of God are not bearing the kind of fruit that they should be bearing. And so there, there's obviously a problem there. And, and now Jesus in this passage says, I am the true vine. I am the vine. What is he saying? He's saying, I am true Israel, right? The vine, right? Israel was, was pointing obviously to Christ. And, and now to be the people of God is not about belonging to an ethnic, right? Jewish nation, right? To be the people of God is not about belonging to the nation of Israel. What Jesus is making very clear when he says, I am the true vine is that for us to become the people of God, for us to belong to the Lord, for us to claim the inheritance that we have in the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, we have to be dependent. We have to be united to Christ, right? It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it, I could say a lot more about that, obviously, but just to keep it simple. So what we're seeing is Jesus saying, I am the true vine. But then he also says, you are the branches. So meaning, right, a branch, if you think about it, cannot have any life without the vine. Right? If you look at any, any type of tree, any type of vine, right? or if you go to a vineyard, right? I mean, you have these different branches that are, I guess, on a vine, right? Or, or, or on a trunk, if you, you know, want to call it like that. And every branch gets all of its nutrients, gets all of its, you know, just all of its needs from the vine itself. And so every branch has to be connected to the vine. Every branch has to get everything it needs from the vine it is essential and without the vine every branch would die obviously and so what is jesus saying in this passage he's saying from now on if you want to be a part of the people of god right what 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 what, what is so important for us to know he's saying is that every single one of us if we are to be the people of God, if we are to be the children of God, if we are to be saved, we need to be united to the vine, right? We need to be connected to the vine. We need to be part of the vine. Christ has to be in us. He has to be with us. And so we see a picture, a beautiful picture of Jesus and his people, the vine and the branches. And obviously, so, so we look at that and we go, wow, right? That, that's what it's all about. And so I want to look at that picture today and I want to really highlight, you know, there's a lot in this passage and I was kind of going back and forth of what to highlight. And, and I just want to really highlight today, okay, well, if Jesus is divine, we are the branches, if we are united to Christ, right? We need Jesus for everything and anything, obviously, as his people, then how do we abide and how do we grow in Christ? How do we grow? in his grace? How do we as a people of God connect to Jesus and continue to grow in him, to grow in grace? And so I want to really highlight three things today that I think the passage looks at. And I want to call it pruning, abiding, and enjoying, right? I want to look at how 
God prunes us so we can continue to grow in grace. I want to look at how we are called to abide in Christ so we can continue to grow in him as his people. And I want to just look at enjoying, enjoying, enjoying the fruit that we have in Christ. And so I want to just really look at those three things, um, pruning, abiding, and enjoying, and think of how that really helps us to grow in him. And so for, and the first thing I want to look at is pruning. Now, if you look at the passage today, Jesus says in verse one, I am the true vine, but then he says, and my father is the vine dresser, right? So Jesus is the vine, he's, my father is a vine dresser. And then he says in verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now we see that the father, Right, the father is the vine dresser, and he does a couple of things. And really, I want to highlight the second part. But the first thing is he he does take away every branch that does not bear fruit. That is actually a very scary thing. If you look at verse six, he kind of goes talks about that more. He says, "If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burn." Now there is a warning here, and 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 one of the things that we do see here is that. There may be people that seem connected to, to Jesus that are part of, you know, maybe the covenant community, at least externally, right? They're, they're part of the church, perhaps, and they may look like they are the people of God. They may say the right things and do the right things. They may culturally be Christians or what some, sometimes we call nominal Christians, but th there is a warning here that if you do not bear fruit, Right? If you're not truly in Christ, even if you look like you belong to Christ, even if you do the right things and say the right things, you're going to be taken away. Right? You're going to be thrown into the fire. And so we see that, and it is a reminder to us that it is not just about what we say, it's not just about what we do, it is about the need that we have to truly be in Christ, united to him, to be abiding in him, to be growing in him, and really to bear fruit. One of the things that we think that we see really importantly here is, how do we know that someone is a child of God? How do we know that someone belongs to Christ? It's that they bear fruit. That is actually very important. So we see that the father takes away the branches that do not bear any fruit, that are not part of truly divine, but it also says that he prunes every branch that does bear fruit, that it may bear more fruit. Now, I want to really highlight this. So one of the ways we grow in Christ, one of the ways that we, as the branches who are truly in Christ, who are truly united to Christ, what happens is we get pruned. Now, I think for most of us, perhaps, and at least for me, the word pruning might not mean much because maybe we don't do a lot of pruning. Maybe we don't work with a lot of vines or trees or branches. but Pruning is when when you cut when you cut the branch. Uh, let me um, let me read something here. It says uh, one of the, one of my studies I read the grapevines require aggressive pruning. That after each year's harvest, the fruit fruit branches are cut back significantly. And the idea in pruning is to remove whatever inhibits growth. And of course, Jesus applies this principle to the Father's pruning of our spiritual lives. So. When you have a branch, when you have a vine and you have a branch, if the branches are not bearing fruit, those you toss out, right? But the ones that are bearing fruit, 
what, what, what you do is you, you cut it and you take away the parts that are not necessary or the parts that might keep the branch from getting more fruit. So you cut a bunch of you know, the parts on the branch so that the branch will grow more. But in the cutting, in the pruning, you know, it's, it's painful, right? Because you're cutting things off. And to take that and apply it to our lives, God sometimes strips things away from us things that will keep us from growing. God allows circumstances to happen in our lives that may you know, lead to hard times and struggle. There may be temptations that we don't want. There may be things that we cherish that maybe God removes from our lives. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe because they've become idols in our lives or could become idols in our lives. Maybe there are things that we just can't understand why God will let this happen or why God will let that happen. You know, why are these struggles? Why am I getting, why am I getting this kind of a rebuke from somebody? Why, why am I not able to accomplish what I want to? Why are these struggles happening in my life? And there may be seasons of life where life is very difficult. And there may be times where because of maybe my own sinfulness, because of things that I did wrong, maybe God needs to discipline us or me, maybe. And so maybe God disciplines us and prunes us, or perhaps I'm doing great. I'm thriving and I'm growing. And yet God prunes me anyway, so I could thrive and grow even more. But the point is this, there will be pain in our lives. Pruning is painful. Cutting is painful. You know, when we remove things in our lives, sometimes it can be very painful and we may not understand why God is doing what he is doing. And yet, I think what we see a picture of is that the father prunes us, not because he doesn't love us, not because he wants to punish us, not because he just, you know, wants to make us miserable. No, no, no. In order for us to grow even more, in order for us to bear even more fruit, he prunes us, and sometimes it's very painful when he prunes us, and yet he does that so that we can bear more fruit. But it is a sign of love because it's very clear in the passage, the branches that do not belong to the vine, the branches that are not part of God's people, they're gone. They're taken away. They're thrown into the fire. But it is only the branches that are in Christ the branches that are bearing fruit, the branches that are growing, those are the branches that God, the Father, is pruning actively so that there will be even more fruit. And so I do want to encourage us, you know, some of us today, uh, this year, last couple of years, that the, we may be going through a season of pruning. We may be going through a time where there's a struggle and perhaps God is disciplining us or perhaps he is really just sharpening us and he is cutting things maybe out of our lives and maybe he is doing certain things that may seem hard to us and yet he may be using that, using those circumstances to make our hearts more worshipful. Maybe he may be taking away things in our lives that distract us and keep us from really loving the Lord and growing more. And we may be going through a season that is tough and God may be using those things to truly help us to become more and more like Jesus. And so I do want us to be encouraged that even when we have a time of pruning, it is not because we are not loved. It is actually because we are loved. And I pray that God will prune every single one of us so that we may bear more and more and more fruit. So 
we know that that he prunes us, but what what else does he you know talk about in us for us to grow in grace? Well, not just pruning, but also abiding, right? Abiding, and we see this here in the passage many times. If you look at verse four, Jesus says, "Abide in me, and I in you." As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned. Now, it says here to abide in me and I in you as a branch can have bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So that's obviously God prunes us, but then he calls us to abide in the vine, to abide in Jesus. Well, what, well, what does that mean to abide? And I think, you know, there's different ways of um, really explaining that. And I think the word abide, though, it does mean to dwell, right, or to remain right and it, and it really means to dwell in with close communion and fellowship abiding in christ means that we draw near to christ spiritually and hold fast to his teaching uh, as i read different people on uh, different just you know, commentaries and different things about this passage um i think one of the things i read is you know to abide is to dwell to stay settled and sink deeper we may endure continue to stand fast to trust in Jesus, in salvation, to persevere in faith and obedience to him, trusting in Jesus rather than relying on yourself. I want to read another definition that I actually really liked by uh, J.C. Ryle. He talks about our relationship to Christ this way. He says, to abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with him, to be always leaning on him, resting on him, pouring our hearts to him, using him as a fountain of life and strength, as a chief companion and best friend, to have his words abiding in us is to keep his sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds and to make them the guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. Another um, pastor put it this way, to abide with Jesus means he is present with you, that he is in you. You share with him thoughts, affections, intentions, desires right it's, what does it mean to abide it, it's it means that jesus is with us he is in us right it means that we dwell we have a close communion have fellowship with christ and so to abide in him as a branch on a vine basically is to depend on him daily for everything to trust in him for the daily grace we need to obey him and to bear fruit, right? It is being in communion with him. It is being in fellowship with him. It is to really trust in him, depend on him, knowing that we need him for everything. We need his grace for everything. We are clinging onto him. We are into him, right? He is with us. We share everything with him. And so it's just really this communion, this fellowship, this connection, this dependency that we have on Christ. So we are to depend on him and abide in him, remain in him, and as we do that, it says here in the passage that we will bear fruit, right? As we abide in the vine, as we depend on the vine, as we cling on to the vine, as we commune with Christ, we will grow and we will bear fruit. So, okay, then kind of breaking that down a little bit, well, how do we abide 
in him? How do we depend on him? How do we commune with him? And there's, I think, a couple of things in this passage that really highlights for us. If you look at verse 7, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish will be done for you. And so abiding means to abide in his words. That means I need to cherish the word of God. Right? How do I abide in, in Christ? I cherish every word that we see in the word of God. We look at the Old Testament, the New Testament. We look at just how the Old Testament points to Christ. We see how you know, the gospel message is so highlighted in the New Testament. We see everything in, 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 the, in the word of God. We see how it points to Jesus. We think about the gospel and we are just moved and mesmerized that we are reading the word we are studying the word we are memorizing the word and it's not just about doctrine right it's not just about hey i need to know more and learn more and grow more just academically and educationally it, it it's the word of god is changing my life transforming my life touching my heart moving my heart and changing my whole life. You know, I had a professor in seminary say that, how he said that in seminary, one of the dangers is that what we study does not affect our hearts. And, you know, he said something, it's kind of a cliche, I guess. He said, the greatest distance in the world is the distance from your head to your heart, right? So the greatest distance is from your head to your heart. And what he meant was, you know, in seminary, you can study a lot, you know, the Bible, theology, you know, the languages and different things. And he was saying that you can know a lot in here. And you can really grow in knowledge, but there's a danger that the more you know here, it's not impacting you in your heart. And I think that's what he's talking about. We need to abide in his words. We need to read the word. We need to cherish the word. We need to love the word, but not just to love it, just for the sake of loving it, but so that the word of God will penetrate in our hearts and will just really transform everything about us. Obviously, the gospel message is what points us to Jesus and we trust him as our Lord and Savior, but we continue to be in the word and abiding in the word. We continue to be trusting Christ every day, knowing that we need him. And through the word, we are growing in grace. But not just that. We don't just abide in his word. If you look at the passage and it says here, in verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Just as I kept my commandments, just as, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, I mean, and abide in his love. Abide in my love. So abide in my words, but also abide in my love. Depend on his love. Know how much he loves us. I think it is so important. If we're going to grow in Christ, if we're going to grow in his grace as the people of God, not just abiding in his words, but his love. And what that means is we need to be reminded every single day, every single minute, actually, how much Jesus loves us. I think sometimes we forget that. We forget, we really do, how loved we are. And I think that's part of the reason why we grow cold. That's part of the reason why we just kind of don't want to, you know, love God or don't want to serve God or don't just want to grow. We just just get complacent or we get lazy or we just, just don't seem to care or our hearts seem to grow cold. But it is so important 
that every day we are reminded of how deeply, how greatly God loves us, how God loves his people. You know, I remember growing up sometimes, you know, you forget how much your parents love you. And so what ends up happening sometimes is, you know, you, you, you get annoyed at your parents or, you know, they, everything they tell you just seems like nagging and they seem like taskmasters and, and you just, just, you know, don't want to hang out with them. You don't want to maybe necessarily interact with them. And I don't know, maybe some of our brand students are going through that right now. Um, not sure. But I remember going through periods like that, especially when I was in high school, and just kind of wanting to just get away and just please stop telling me what to do. And every once in a while, what God would do, though, is really remind me how much my parents love me. I remember one time just going through a picture album, and I forget why I did that just randomly. And I don't know if we're going to have picture albums as uh, over the years, but I remember when I was in high school, you know, we, my parents had a bunch of picture albums and I was just looking through one of them one day and just seeing pictures of my parents when they were younger, uh, thinking to myself, my mom was an attractive lady and my father, maybe not so much, but you know, somehow some they ended up together. And so pictures of myself when I was born as a little baby and, and my sister when she was born and, and as I was looking through these different pictures, you know, you get nostalgia and, you know, you just kind of feel a little warm in your heart. But one of the things I remember being really reminded of looking at these pictures was, man, that's right. My parents really love me. They love me so much. They've always loved me. They've always been there for me. I remember one day just really being unhappy with them. And after looking at this album, just, just feeling my heart warm up to them again, being reminded how loved I am and wanting to just serve them, right? To bless them, right? Because I'm reminded of the love that they have for me. And I think in a much more powerful way, how much does God love his people? How much does Jesus love his people? We think about his love. We think about the father sending his son into the world for his people. We think of Jesus going to the cross, laying down his life for us as people going through hell itself, dying the death that we deserve. We think about that love that he has shown us. We think of him now, even you know, after he has ascended with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we see that just Christ loving on us you know, in the gospel, right? In, in the gospel message, we see him loving on us even today, day after day, even though we sin and we are weak, how he continues to love us. He knows our name, he loves us, he blesses us. And as we think about the love that he has, every day we continue to grow but that is why it's so important that we abide in his love and that we are reminded every day that we look to the cross as we read the word of god we look to the cross as we, if we look at christ as we sing songs of praise right as we maybe read good books about the gospel right as we listen to sermons or as we do bible studies as we have our quiet times and devotionals, every, as we pray to the Lord, it is so important that we are reminded every day, that we seek to remind ourselves every day, that we aspire, right, to look to Christ every day and to look at his love. And as we do that, we continue to grow in his grace. But also, if you look at the passage here, it says here, the verse 10 if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And there is a call for us, obviously, to obey, 
we grow, right? And we abide in Jesus as we abide in his word, we abide in his love, and also as we, as we obey his commandments, as we live a life of obedience, as we seek, right? And when, with the love that we know that we have in Christ, as we respond to that love with obedience and keep his commandments, we continue to grow in his grace. And so I wanna really encourage us today, right? So as we are being pruned and as we are abiding, right? Abiding in his word, his love and keeping his commandments, we wanna to continue to grow in that grace. And obviously the being today, uh, a day that we highlight branch, I do wanna really encourage our, our branch students. Um, you know, pruning might look different for someone who's 15, 16 than someone who might be 40 or 50. However, there may be pruning in your life. Um, and so I do hope that all of our branch students will think of the pruning that may be happening in their life as a blessing from the Lord. But also I do wanna really encourage our branch students as well as the rest of our church to really continue to abide in Christ as we abide in his word and his love, as we obey his commandments. But we don't just get pruned and we don't just abide. There, there is enjoying in the fruit, right? So the idea is as we are being pruned, as we are, as we are abiding in Christ, that we are bearing fruit, right? And when we think of bearing fruit, we think of fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And, and we, we think of growing in Christ and becoming more and more like Christ as we bear fruit. But also in this passage, we see some of the fruit highlighted here. And if you look at the passage, for example, verse seven, we see Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words, abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you, right? He's talking about asking and he's talking about having just a, a wonderful, right? Prayer life where when we pray to God, he will hear our prayers, he will answer our prayers. And if we pray in a way right, where we are abiding in his words, we're going to pray prayers the way God would want us to pray them. And so the idea is that as I grow in Christ, as I know his heart more and more, my prayer life will become greater and better and be more empowered. And we will ask things, you know, with the heart of Christ in our hearts and he will answer those prayers. And so the idea is one of the fruits, I think, of growing in grace and abiding in Christ is a prayer life that will become more and more thriving but also one thing that I really want to highlight is if you look at verse 11, and I think I, I really love this verse here. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, I think listening to this passage, we may get the wrong idea that, oh man, God's going to prune me. There's going to be difficulty. Or I have to abide. You know, I have to uh, read the word and I have to obey his commandments. And, and man, it just sounds just like dull and, and joyless. And, you know, it just sounds like a lot of work. But I think one of the things that we forget is we do these things not out of drudgery. We, we do these things. We, we, we grow in grace. We look to Christ. And there is a joy that comes from that. There is an enjoyment that comes from that. Because what happens is, as we bear fruit, as we become more and more like Christ, as the fruit of the Spirit is growing in our hearts, and as we see Christ more and more clearly, 
as the gospel message continues to take root more and more in our hearts and our lives, the Holy Spirit continues to really work in our hearts, there's going to be a joy in our lives, a joy unspeakable, a joy that is unshakable, a joy that can only come from Christ. He says literally here that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And so he's saying you can enjoy the fruit, as you bear fruit, as you become more and more like me, you can enjoy it and you can have joy that comes from me. Now, that does not mean that every day is going to be easy or anything like that. But here's what he's saying. As you're being pruned and as you're abiding in me and as you read the word and seek to obey me and as you look at my love and as my love becomes more and more real in your heart, what's going to happen as you grow in me, as you bear fruit? Is that there's going to be a joy that is deeper than the circumstances of your life. Well, our happiness comes and goes, right? We get a promotion, we're happy. We get good grades, we're happy. We, you know, we, we, we get a raise, we're happy, right? Things good, you know, the weather is nice, we get happy. But then when the weather is not so nice, when, you know, when we get demoted, right? Uh, when we get bad grades, or right? when we don't get into the school of righteousness, when we don't get the job that we want, when my relationships with someone doesn't work the way we want it to, our happiness can take a nosedive, but, when I'm growing in Christ, when I know how good and loving he is, when I know how much he cherishes me and I am a child of God and I am in the vine and I'm always going to be loved by Christ, I can always trust in him and he who died for me will always be there for me and I just know who he is and I'm growing in that grace and I'm bearing fruit in my life as I'm growing in love and joy and peace and patience. What happens is there's going to be a joy that comes from Christ in my heart that is gonna be unshakable. There's gonna be a joy that is full in Christ. And no matter what happens in my life, as I look to Christ every day, I will grow in that joy. And I hope and I pray that, that will be all of us, that all of us, right? Whether it be the young, uh, like our day spring students, our brand students, and obviously all the adults in our church, I, I, I really pray that all of us knowing that we are the branches connected to the vine, united to the vine, united to Christ, knowing that we are in him, that we would daily just abide in Christ, that we would grow in his grace and we would enjoy him and enjoy the joy that we have in him as well. Let us pray. Father, we, we thank you.